Koppel, host of the Time for Coffee podcast, where you get firsthand career advice into the jobs and industries that interest you the most. And before we start today's show, I have a quick favor to ask you. If you haven't already, I'd be incredibly grateful if you give us a rating and a review on iTunes. And if you're like me, you need to do it now because you'll forget later and because it's the best way to help others who may be in search of career advice to find this free resource. So press pause if you haven't done it and do it right now. I'll wait. Thanks so much and enjoy today's show. Hey there, Java junkies. Welcome back to another episode of T4C. If you want to learn more about brand strategy and filmmaking, then this is the episode for you. Because my next guest is a story-driven filmmaker, brand strategist, and speaker who's worked with Steve Harvey, makeup mogul Keisha Dior, and Google. But before I introduce you to the extremely talented Jude Charles, I want to make sure you've signed up for the Java Junkies Journal. That's T4C's weekly newsletter that comes out bright and early on Monday mornings, and it's got unique insights into dozens of different industries and, of course, coronavirus-relevant career advice, as well as a ton of other hacks for college students and young professionals to help all of you turn your degrees into careers you'll love. Just head over to the Time for Coffee website at time, the number four, coffee.org, and the sign-up box is right there. Now, my Java lovers, please grab your mug and take a chug of your favorite caffeinated brew because it's time for another caffeinated career conversation. And my guest is Jude Charles, a story-driven filmmaker, brand strategist, and speaker. Jude identified his future professional passion when he was only in high school. He was a junior thanks to a TV production class that he'd enrolled in. At the end of his junior year, his teacher told him he had a gift for visual storytelling and she handed him a yellow envelope. And inside that envelope, my friends, was a personalized gift that inspired Jude to bet on himself and launch a business while he was still in high school. 15 years later, Jude is still living out that passion as a filmmaker and brand strategist, having worked with clients like Google, Caldwell, banker Steve Harvey, and the millionaire makeup mogul, Keisha Dior, who founded Kior Cosmetics. She's also known as Keisha Kior now. In fact, Jude helped Keisha make her first million dollars. Ever since, he's been producing exponential returns for purpose-driven entrepreneurs through documentaries and videos by living and breathing the brands whose stories he was hired to tell. Jude does that by digging deep to find the compelling stories that nobody else knows about, and then he leverages those stories for greater impact for his clients' businesses. And if you want to learn how to break into filmmaking and brand strategy and all of that, please check out the show notes for this episode, the show notes, I should say, and the bio for this episode to see if Jude's Espresso Shots interview has already dropped. Hey, Jude, welcome to Time for Coffee. Are you caffeinated and ready to go? I am caffeinated and definitely ready to go. Let's uh, let's have some fun today. Excellent. Well, before we flash back to Mrs. Donnelly's classroom, 
when you were 17 years old. I know at the beginning of the year, you were 16 and then you turned 17 while you were in school where this passion for filmmaking was first sparked. I'd love for us to talk about what you do now. Why do you describe yourself as a story-driven filmmaker? Yeah, so today I am blessed to be able to work with entrepreneurs who are purpose-driven. And what that means is that they, their business is just a vehicle to help them fulfill their mission in life. That's the way that they look at it. And what I do as a story-driven filmmaker is that I get to just bring their story, their personal story to life. And you get a three-dimensional view into their world into who they are, not just the business that they run, but who they are as parents and as husbands or wives and as people who live everyday life. I love the way that one of my clients says that she's, she says, you know, I put on my pants the same way that you do. I may be successful in business, but I am as human as you are. And that's what I get to do. And so that's what that means is I get to bring you into a very specific moment in time. That's what stories are. They're all about very specific moments in times that you get to learn from. And that's what I get to do through the form of filmmaking and, and video online. And I love it. I am passionate about it. We will, we will talk about how Ms. Donnelly helped me start this business, but that's what I get to do every single day. And I love it. You also describe yourself as a brand strategist. Yes. What does yeah. that mean? And how does that complement the kind of storytelling and filmmaking that you do? Yeah. So, I mentioned that I work with entrepreneurs. These entrepreneurs are building big businesses, but the most important part about building a big business is building a brand. What do you stand for? Who are you? In 2020 and 2021, the most important thing is not your logo or the name of your company or the colors that you have. The most important thing is for people to understand what do you stand for and why do you stand for these things? And then who you are, because we as human beings, We do business. We give money to people that we know, like, and trust. And so as a brand strategist, I'm thinking of, okay, who are you? What do you do? Why do you do it? What makes you tick? And then I take that and create these stories that help you continue to help your business grow. But it's it's coming from this very strategic way of taking these very specific moments in time and then showing people this is who you are. And that's what's led you to doing the business that you're doing today, or that's what influences the business that you're doing today. So that's my job as a brand strategist is to be able to bring that to life. So you said that you are creating these films for entrepreneurs and that it's super important for us to be showing more about who we are, even though we're selling things. Why is that so important? Why is it not enough? that we're just making good quality widgets, that we're making good products, that we're delivering high caliber content or whatever it is we're we're doing. Yeah, so if we we break it down to a, even just a very personal level, if we think of what makes you, you, what makes me, me, if I'm going to apply for a job and let's say the employer has five different candidates, they may be looking for the skill but what they're also looking for is for the soft skills. What makes you tick? How do you communicate? How do you give analogies and stories and different examples that helps me understand how you think? That's the things that matter, the things that help you stand out. And so why I say that it's important to show who you are and what you stand for is because everyone can say how great they are. Everyone can say that. Or everyone can say, I have integrity or I'm going to do the right thing. But if you can tell me a story 
about a time where you had to do the right thing and, and it was very uncomfortable. Like, let's say you saw a blind man drop $500 out of his pocket and you knew you needed groceries for your house and, and you didn't have any money, but you see this man drop $500 and you're like, oh, and no one else has seen it. It's just you and him that's on this street and he's dropped these $500. He didn't feel it. He's blind. What did you do? If you can tell me that you actually said, hey, you dropped your money, you helped him, you know, you picked it up for him and gave it to him. And it was all, let's say it was $100 bills. It was all five $100 bills back. Like that shows me the kind of integrity that you have. And so for me, that's what tells me more about who you are than just, oh, I have a lot of integrity. I'm going to do the right thing. I always do the right thing. That, those are statements. But a story is about a very specific moment in time. And it's those stories that help me understand how you think and why you see the world in the way that you see it. And so for an entrepreneur, is yeah. it that their customers, their prospective clients will be more inclined to buy into whatever it is they're selling if they think that you are a good person, that you're a person with integrity, you're a person with value? Yes, absolutely. I, um, so there's a story that I tell of Darnielle Jervy Harmon. She is a business coach out of Delaware. Darnielle is on this journey through motherhood and she got married later in life at 42 and decided that she immediately, obviously, because she's in a higher age range to start to have kids. And the first time they tried, she has a miscarriage. The second time she does a round of IVF and it just didn't go well. Well, she's a business coach. What does that have to do with, what does motherhood have to do with being a business coach? What you find out in the story is that even though she's gone through these two failures, right? Quote unquote, two uh, very sad moments in her life. What she and her husband decide to do is they're still going to build out a nursery for the baby that they're expecting. And so she builds out a full nursery in her home that has the crib, that has, that has teddy bears, that has toys. And she's believing that this baby is coming. Well, what that tells you as someone who's willing to hire her as a business coach is that here's someone who's had to go through real life. That's something that's very hard because building a business is very hard. And she's able to get through it because she has the faith. She's able to get through it even though it's hard. She's able to do the right thing to keep her mindset in the right place to get what she wants in the end. That again, that's, that's just real life. And I think when you can see how someone handles their real life, because we are human beings. We don't bring our real life as in like our significant others or our children, but we do bring our experiences into our business. And when you do that, that decides how you build your business. And so if you can see that, that Darnielle is a business coach, but is able to get through this rough moment, she can help you get through the same thing and help you keep the right, right mindset, even when it gets hard. I'd like to ask you about another client you work with. I spent quite a bit of time yesterday watching some of the magnificent videos that you've yes. produced for clients, Jude. And yes. this one, many of them are featured on your website, included yes. one 18 minute video that you directed for Stefan Paul Georgi. And mm -hmm. he is a super, super successful copywriter who I believe makes millions now. Yes. Teaching. Yes thousands of people how to become dynamic copywriters. Could you take us inside what was involved in directing, in producing, and in editing that video and why Stefan wanted a video in the first place? Yeah. So when I first met Stefan, it was in Arizona. We were in, I believe, Scottsdale, Arizona at the time. 
I mean, we were at a business uh, meeting together and just getting through normal conversation. It wasn't that I was pitching him or he was pitching me or anything like that. We were just getting to know each other. And he was in a place where he wanted to be able to take the work that he had done over the years, over eight years, and to be able to teach it to other people. He wanted other people to know that he existed, one, but specifically he wanted to be able to teach them. He wanted them to understand how to have the right mindset in doing the work that he's doing, how to find the right copy job. So why, why do copywriting in a very specific way that he does it? And I mentioned to him, well, we could do that, but I also look for who you are as a person. You told me you have a two-year-old daughter. Well, who are you as a dad? Who are you as a husband? Why does that matter to you? And like, cause he has, he's, he's very much in love with his daughter. The, the thing that I love about Stefan is, and many people will tell you this, the first time that, they, that you meet him, he doesn't tell you how successful he is. He tells you he's a husband and a, and a father. And he tells you about his two-year-old daughter. And he tells you about all the things he's learning as a father to raise his two-year-old daughter. And so what went into that is, is once he figured out, okay, you're, you're different. You don't produce documentaries the way other people may produce documentaries. He was very interested in doing a documentary series together. And so that's what we're doing, which is, uh, it's called uh, No Limit. And it's all about his story of just of not realizing that there were limits in life. Again, he went from a 40,000, before he started copywriting, he was uh, a salesman earning $40,000 a year. And yeah, now he earns millions of dollars a year through copywriting and other businesses that he does as well. And to to do it, our first time filming was in Las Vegas. It was in February, <laughs> literally right before uh, the pandemic started. Literally the month before the pandemic started, we started filming. And I just was a fly on the wall. I was a shadow. I wanted to see what does life look like? And so the way that I direct is I kind of get an idea, okay, here's the things that you have on your schedule. Here's the things that you're going to do. And I say, okay, can I be in this meeting? Can I be at your house at this time? Can I see all these things that's happening? Because I just want to be on a fly on the wall so that other people can see what your world is like. I'm not making anything up. I'm not telling you, hey, stand here because this will look better. Instead, I'm just like, okay, that it seems like it's going to be important. I'd like to capture that. And so we did that for six months and we're still doing it now, even through throughout this recording. And yeah, and, and you get to see, so when you watch that video, you get to see this moment. It's literally, I think we're three days into the pandemic and he's spending time with his daughter and his wife in San Diego. He lives in Las Vegas, but he was in San Diego at the time. And he's playing the guitar. And as he's playing the guitar, what's very funny that I didn't know at the time, but his daughter hates it when he plays the guitar, hates it when he sings and hates it when he plays the guitar. <laughs> and so I'm literally just filming him play the guitar because I think it looks interesting. And here's this guy. He's just, you know, sitting on the edge of a couch playing a guitar. And then out of nowhere, his daughter starts screaming and yelling about him playing the guitar. What's fascinating about that moment and why I start the story there is because it doesn't show him writing words or typing on a computer. It shows who he is as a human being. It takes you completely off guard because this is not what you're expecting, especially if you're like, you know, perusing through and it's like Stephen George, I copywriter and rolled to 700 million. Like, okay, what is that? What is this? But I immediately humanize him because it immediately for me, it humanized me. But what I also learned is like when I showed this video to other people, people react to it differently. But there's one guy specifically who's a father of two daughters. And he's like, as soon as I saw that moment, I wouldn't have reacted the way Stephen reacted. He was like, I would have played, I would have continued playing the guitar. But he was like, it was fascinating to see, oh, Stefan actually listened to his daughter. He showed his daughter she was important, that what she doesn't like is important to him. Even if it doesn't make him feel good, it's important to him. And that's 
what I get to do with the stories that I tell. And that's the moments that I'm looking for is who you are. How does it show your personality? Because everybody's going to react to something differently. But that moment within the first 60 seconds says so much about him. It and really of course did. I loved that. First of all, he has, he's a really talented singer and guitar player. And so when I heard this little person howling and then come up basically <laughs> with her bottle in her mouth telling him to stop, I thought it was hilarious. And then he yeah. did he did stop. And he's a very yep. gentle soul. He's like really, yep. he just like very chill, very kind. Yes. And you could see how much he loves his daughter for sure. Yes, yes. Jude, I listened to one of a number of other podcast interviews that you've done. Yes. And in these interviews, you demonstrated with various hosts of the show how you dig deep to find those compelling nuggets, those really compelling stories that no one else knows, and then how you leverage them for higher impact. And as I listened to you describe this process, it actually reminded me of what I used to do as a journalist. Yeah. Because before I would set out to do a story, and during the course of reporting that story, I would be doing research. Yeah. How do you find these compelling stories about your clients that really make your videos and your documentaries stand out and shine? Growing up, I was the last of 10 children. And because of that, I valued spending time with my parents. And my dad specifically, he loved watching crime TV shows. So if you think of uh, NYPD Blue, I think it was called, and, and Nash Bridges and different shows like that. These were the detective shows, Law and Order, right? That still runs to this day. What I loved about watching those shows with my dad was that it showed me how to tell stories because these were detectives and people who were digging for the truth and they would go to different sources. And although they know the crime happened, they wanted to backtrack and figure out, well, how did this crime happen? And so it taught me a lot about how to search for clues and search for interesting things that just surprises me, right? That I do the same, I go through the same process in what I call road mapping. So road mapping, I spend eight hours with my client one day and I just have them talk. And I ask literally hundreds of questions about their life. I want to know from the time that they're born to where they are today, how did you get here? And I'm just looking for stories along the way, right? And so with Stefan, because we've talked about him, Stefan talks about how he met his wife in Vegas and she was a copywriter. He knew nothing about copywriting at the time. His father had just passed away. And for him, he was just going to Vegas to go play a game of poker and just get his mind off of it. And he found a new career, right? That moment is a story that I tell throughout his documentary. And so, but he told me that in Roadmap. When we sat together for eight hours, he told me that story. He told me the entire story of his dad passing away, how it affected him, but also how it led to this trip to Vegas where he, he didn't have any money. He just had, uh, Southwest was doing a trip for, uh, they were doing a, a sale for a trip to Vegas. And that's what led him there. You know, I tell stories like Keisha Dior. Keisha Dior is a makeup mogul who started her cosmetic business. And within the first year of starting her cosmetic business made $1 million. But again, I asked her, how did she get started? And she learned entrepreneurship from her father. Her father was actually a businessman, a very successful businessman. 
but unfortunately was killed at, because of it. But because of the things she learned from her father at a very young age, she always knew she would become an entrepreneur. She always knew she would do these things. Again, that's another story that I tell, right? So it's these very specific moments in life. What led you here? What lessons are in these moments in life that led you here that can help inspire someone else? I already talked about the Danielle story and just she's going through that now in this part of her life, not when she was young. I do tell stories of when she was young, but she's going through that now in this moment. That's what I accent road mapping. That's what I, that's how I become a detective. I just want to figure out, okay, what you're successful. I get it, but not everybody can relate to that. I want to humanize you. How did you get to where you are so that others can realize, Hey, you may have obstacles in your life. We all do. We all have problems. There's that, that's not something we're ever going to escape as human beings, but how do you get through it? How do you push through? And it's through these stories that you keep in your mind. You're not going to remember how much money Stefan makes. You're not going to remember how much money Darnielle makes or Keisha Dior makes. You're going to remember at this moment in their life when their back was against the wall, they pushed through. I can do the same thing too. It gives you the courage to do the same thing too. So as I mentioned in the introduction, Jude, your 11th grade TV production teacher, Mrs. Donnelly, was so impressed by you and I can totally see why. And she encouraged you to continue with filmmaking at the end of the school year. What was in that yellow envelope that she gave you at the end of the year? Yeah, so it was May 5th, 2006. And she asked me to come up to her desk and she handed me a yellow envelope. And the inside of the yellow envelope was my first set of business cards. So I mentioned that it's May 5th, 2006, because on May 4th, the day before, May 4th, 2006, she said to me, Jude, you're really, really talented at this. You should start a business. But I am the youngest of 10 children. My father was a construction worker. My mother worked at a chair factory. None of my other siblings were entrepreneurs. So I knew nothing about being an entrepreneur. So when she said that to me, she said to me, you should start a business. I didn't give her a yes or a no. I was just like, you really, you really think so? And I left it at that. And so by the following day, she realized that I was on the fence. I wasn't really confident about doing it. And she handed me my first set of business cards. And honestly, that's what gave me the courage to get started. May 5th, 2006. Actually, (laughs) so I have it on my desk. This is still the very first business card. I still have it. I've dated it. It was a different name of the company, but Video Precision by Charles is the name of the company then. But this is literally the first business card. I have it framed that I kept. And so, yeah, it's, it's, I owe my, literally, I owe my life in my career to Mrs. Donnelly because I wouldn't, otherwise I wouldn't have had the courage to do that. And so, yeah, that happened when I was 17 years old. That's when I started the business. Well, huge shout out to Mrs. <laughs> yes. Donnelly because it's teachers like her that yes. truly change lives. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. She saw it as her mission to help change lives. So you mentioned Keisha. Mm-hmm. who is now, she was Keisha Dior. Now she's, you were telling me Keisha Kaor because her cosmetics company is called Kaor, K-A apostrophe O-I-R. Yes. How did you get Keisha as a client? And can you talk about the light bulb experience that you had, Jude, from yes. working with Keisha? Yes. I, um, I first met Keisha in 2009. I uh, was working in video production and still trying to find my footing in video production, trying to figure out the kind of work that I really wanted to do. But Keisha Dior was just starting her company in 2009, KR Cosmetics, and she wanted to document it. And so she told a friend of hers, hey, I want to document. I want to film this. I want to you know, show people what I'm doing. And so that friend 
reached out to a friend of mine. And so that's how it was through word of mouth. And so we worked together for the first year. I went through road mapping with her. I was doing road mapping back then. I wasn't calling it road mapping, but I was doing the same process. And she wanted to do vlog videos. So ironically, at the same time that Kishido was starting her company, Gary Vaynerchuk was starting uh, Wine Library TV. So he was already doing these vlog videos, right? I wasn't really fascinated by vlog videos. I said to her, well, I mean, yeah, sure, we can do that. But what if we actually did a documentary series? Actually, a documentary. It was, a do- it was supposed to be one documentary. I'll talk about why it became a series. And so she's like, okay, tell me what you're thinking. And I told her the story and she agreed with it. We filmed for the first year. The docu- her business launched. Her, her, uh, the documentary launched as well. And like I mentioned, she made a million dollars in 12 months, in one year. Well, there was a day that I woke up at 7 a.m. to the sounds of chains hitting the floor. And it had always been a nightmare for me to hear these chains. And what it was, I got up out of bed, I ran outside. And what it was is a tow truck driver repossessing my car for the second time in eight months. So at this point in my career, it's five years in. I'm struggling to make money. Keisha was a great client, but she was my only client. And I was struggling to make money at the time. And so, of course, I pleaded with him to not take the car. (laughs) And he took it because he had a job to do. I walk back inside the house. I sit on the edge of my bed. And I'm just like, okay, you know what? I've given this a good five years. Maybe it's not meant to be for me to do this because I'm struggling after five years to make money. In that moment, Keisha Deere calls me and she's excited. And she's like, Jude, Jude, you won't believe it. You won't believe it. I just got off the phone with my accountant and he said, we crossed over the seven figure mark. This is the same day my car gets repossessed. But in that moment, something changed for me and it made me realize, no, Jude, you are good at this because you've created a piece of content that has helped your client make $1 million. And in that moment, I realized, okay, I'm good at this. I know what I'm doing, but I need to, I need to go back to the drawing board. I need to learn how to communicate my ideas, how to market myself, how to do sales, how to charge enough, how to charge what I feel like I'm worth. Because now I have this client that has made $1 million. And the other thing that was very fascinating that I had was a blueprint, a roadmap, because Kish, I had seen every day for one year what Kishi Dior did in her business to make it to $1 million. And I knew I wasn't doing the same thing. I wasn't putting in the same amount of effort and the same amount of hard work. We weren't selling the same thing. She was selling lipstick, but it's, it didn't matter. The principles were still the same. And so I took a year off after that. I continued to work with Keisha, but I took a year off to just go back to the drawing board. I took online courses. I took a course called Earn 1K. It, just, it was all about the basics. How do you earn your first $1,000? Because the premise was, if you could earn $1,000, you can repeat it. But if you learn how to earn those first $1,000, you're set for life. And so that's what I did. And that's what I learned that my gift was in documentary storytelling, was in helping entrepreneurs tell their stories. And that's what I do today. And because of her success, because of Keisha's success, that's what her fans wanted more. And that's what turned it into a series. But that's why I specialize in what I do now, which is documentary series for entrepreneurs 15 years later. At the time I was working with Keisha, it was uh, 10 years ago, but 15 years later, and that's what I'm doing today. How long did it take you to get your car back? Uh, actually, so I never got that car back. I ended up getting a, separate, a different car altogether, but it took a year and a half, year and a half to get my footing. And two, so I went from making that year, I believe it was $22,000 to making $36,000 to then making $49,000. And it just continued to rise after that. And is is at that point, $49,000 that I got the car back. I felt comfortable getting the car back. I felt like I had enough cash flow and 
in my, enough footing to maintain a car payment. Well, thank you so much for sharing that story with us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Jude, what advice do you have for our young viewers, our young listeners who may still be in high school or maybe in college and they want to get into video work? They want to be filmmakers like you. I know that this has not been an easy path. You've just given us a window into it. Do you have any tips as to how they can find potential clients when they're starting out and how they can build their own brand. Yes. So starting out to find clients, I think the easiest way is your local business. So local businesses that are in your area, it could be a local restaurant. It could be a local, let's say hypothetically a karate class, someone that's doing a karate class or someone that is uh, training others how to play basketball. Like there's different things in your local community. People are looking for social media content, but it doesn't just have to be the regular promo video. Hey, this is what I do. You could tell a story. You can walk someone through what it would be like to experience that restaurant or what it would be like to see the chef in the back uh, cooking up the food. Like, what is that like? Or if there's a a pizzeria that has an old school oven, an old school stone oven, like seeing them putting the pizza into the stone oven so that you get to feel and experience that. I think that's the easiest way because all local businesses, especially as uh, they go through the pandemic and they're trying to get their footing back, they're looking for content and they want people to know that they're back and they want people to know this is what the experience is going to be like. We're using safety precautions. We're wearing masks, right? That's the quickest and fastest way. Other ways are, of course, to just be creative and come up with your own stories and, and film because we all, every single person has a camera now. And I think that's the first way to start it, to get started and to get clients. How do you build your brand is to find out the kind of stories that really, they just drive you. They, they, they fire you up and bring those stories to life. So specifically, if there's someone in your neighborhood that you really admire, let's say it's just old veteran guy who, you know, throughout the pandemic, I actually saw a story like this, that this guy throughout the pandemic, he's a veteran, he's retired, and he realized, hey, I'm not doing anything with my mornings. I'll tutor kids. So from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m., kids are now home. He has a sign outside that says, I'll tutor you if you need help, right? Tell a story about that guy because maybe that just, that warms your heart. Like I heard you say, mm, right? Like maybe that warms your heart. Go outside and tell that story. That's how you build your brand because now you become known as the person that, you know, these are the stories that you bring to life. You get to see the stories that I bring to life. I work with purpose-driven entrepreneurs because that's what, that's what fires me up because of Mrs. Donnelly. Mrs. Donnelly saw her job as more than just being a teacher. She saw it as, as a purpose as a mission. And so I want to continue to do that for other people who may not have access to these high level entrepreneurs. I want to continue to do that. And so that's how you build your brand. And that's how people get to know who you are. Just share your own story, but also share the stories of others. Mm, that is beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing the, that advice. I want to flashback yeah. very, very quickly because this is usually the time in the interview that I talk about my guest time in college. You went to college for a year. You attended Lynn University in Boca Raton, Florida, where you were majoring in communications. But after a year, you dropped Mm -hmm. out. Why? (laughs) Yeah. So I dropped out. I was uh, majoring in communication, specifically broadcasting. I always knew I wanted to tell stories. I always knew that. I figured it would be news stories and not like documentaries, but I always knew that. And 
as I was in college, I applied, I did a bid for the city that I live in. I still live here to this day, city of Pompano Beach. They were celebrating 100 years. And they put out a bid saying, we want to tell the 100 year story. We want to interview old settlers. They called them old settlers. So people who had been here in the 1930s that were still alive. And we want to tell the stories of what it was like back in the day. And then we want to also tell the story of people who are just now growing up. And I bid for it. And I won the bid. (laughs) So I had to decide, okay, do I... Because it was going to be a year-long project. And I was like, I can't do this and be in school at the same time. It was... It was, gonna, it was a lot of schedule, uh, a lot of dates to film. And so I was like, I can't do the same, the both at the same time. And I decided to uh, drop out of college against my parents' wishes, <laughs> of course. But I told them I'd go back. I said, look, I'm just going to do this for a year. It's a great opportunity. I'll go back to college. But that didn't end up happening because I really, I fell in love. That was the first documentary I'd ever done. And I fell in love with doing it. And I realized, hey, I'm in the field. I'm getting paid to do this. I'm getting paid under my business name that I started at 17 years old. I was 19 at the time. And so I said, yeah, I'm, I'm not going back. And so that's how that, that ended up happening. Jude, could you share a time in your professional life when you struggled? I should say another time, because you already shared the story about your car getting repossessed while you were working with Keisha. And the reason that I ask this question is that I want our young viewers and our young listeners to know that we all fall down. I was fired twice in my 40s. It was unbelievably painful, but they turned out to be incredible gifts for me professionally and personally. And so the most important thing in this story, Jude, is if you could share with our audience how you persevered and a lesson that you may have learned in the process. Yeah. So... I'll share what's happening now because I think it's the most recent struggle. I've definitely had struggles throughout the years. So first five years in business, I struggled to make money. And then little by little, just continuing to have faith. Okay, this business is going to grow. This business is going to grow. I struggled with the mindset, having the right mindset. But I think the reason why I want to talk about what's happening now is because I lived through the 2008 recession where I had a business throughout the 2008 recession. And when the pandemic started, I got very afraid that, oh my gosh, here's 2008 all over again, because here's everything shutting down. And my clients, they're purpose-driven entrepreneurs, they run businesses, but they also do live events. All live events stopped happening in March. And so it was a very scary time for me. And I didn't struggle necessarily financially. I struggled mindset-wise. Because I could have easily allowed, okay, because I've lived through the 2008 recession, and I know what that's like. And I know I didn't make a dollar for six months. I could have easily just fell back into that world saying, oh my gosh, it's happening again. <laughs> Let me try to stop it. Instead, I, I, um, I talked to each of my clients. I had a meeting with each of my clients. I, I only work with five clients a year, but I, I spoke with three of them. And we came up with a game plan with continuing to film throughout the pandemic. Um, but it was still hard to produce the stories because now I have to produce in a completely different way that I've never had to produce in 15 years. And so I'm, and I'm having to do this live because I've never had to do it before. But these clients are paying me good money to get their story done in the right way. And so it's a lot of uh, risk. It's a lot of stress. And I just push through it. And what I mean by I just push through it is that I took it one day at a time. I didn't allow the unknown to take over my life. I just continued one day at a time. Okay, 
there's, I know there's going to be a problem that comes up. How do I solve the problem? Just being prepared, putting it in my mind that there is going to be a problem. How do I solve the problem? Something's new is going to come up. How do we, how do we solve this? How do we film something in a different way? Because I think oftentimes we can get lost in our mind. The mind is a very, the brain is a very powerful thing. And if you don't feed it the right things, if you don't feed it hope and faith and perseverance, it will only see the dark side. I like to say that um, there's a difference between vision and perspective. We are all born with the gift of vision, with eyes. But over time, we may have to get glasses to be able to read words that are on a billboard or read words in a book. If you don't have on the right set of lenses, you can't read the right words and you've got to be able to read what's happening in front of you with the right set of lenses. And so, yeah, that's how I got through the struggle. It's not easy. Every single different phase that you go through in your life is going to be a different kind of struggle that you're going to have to learn something new. But if you can push through, if you can persevere, that's what that's what helps you get across the finish line. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And I want our listeners to know, because what you just raised there about the brain being such a powerful organ is spot on. And the part of the brain that harbors the anxiety, the Mm -hmm. nervousness, the hopelessness is the what they call the monkey brain. It's the ancient part of the brain that is also known as the fight or flight. So when the cavemen were fighting off the saber-toothed tigers and the woolly mammoths and and all of those creatures back then, it was about life and death stuff. But we can get that part of our own brain spun up. And instead of allowing yourself to settle on the, oh my God, what if, what if, what if, which we can truly drive ourselves crazy. I mean, we're all living in an incredibly stressful time, but bite off tiny bites. Don't try to think too far into the future. Try to keep a perspective of just a couple of days, maybe a week or so. So thank you so much for raising that, Jude. Final question. Mm -hmm. If you could go back to college and do it all over again, go back to Lynn University, but based on the wisdom you have now, what advice would you give yourself? Honestly, I, I don't think I would have gone back to college. So the reason I say that is because depending on your profession, depending on what it is that you want to do, I think we live in a very different time that college isn't always required. So for filmmaking specifically, that's what I do. It's not required to have a college degree. But if you want to be a doctor, if you want to be a lawyer, if you want to want to be a pharmacist, like you have to go to school and do the years in order to get to get that done. So depends on the profession. Even um, if you want to be a construction worker, let's say you want to work in construction, maybe that drives you or you want to work in plumbing that drives you. You can go to technical school and get a degree in that. So I think the advice that I would have given myself at 18, thinking about college, I am, I mentioned this already, I'm the last of 10 children. All of my other siblings went to college. I think it would have been just carve your own path. It was expected of me to go to college, so that's why I went for the year. And that's why I even told my parents, hey, I'll go back after this year that I take off. But it wasn't for me. And it wasn't for me, not because I didn't like school, but because I didn't need it. I started the business because of Mrs. Donnelly. I started the business at 17. That's not going to be everyone's path. But my advice, even to future children that I have, is always going to be, if you're not going to go to college, what are you going to do? Because you still have to do something. It's not just, oh, I'm not going to go to college. I'm just going to sit here and do 
nothing. I'm just going to figure it out as I go along. No, be curious and try new things. Even as any, when you're in high school, specifically when you're in high school, try some new things, try a bunch of different things, see what you fall in love with, because that's what will lead you to whether or not you do have to go to college or you don't. There's options on the table. And that's the advice that I would give myself. Love it. If you want to learn more about how to break into documentary filmmaking, check out the bio, check out the show notes for this episode to see if Jude's Espresso Shots interview has already dropped. Jude, where can our viewers, where can our listeners learn more about you? Through my website, judecharles.co. That's the best place to reach out to me. My phone number is there. You can email me through there as well. I'm always available. Uh, best place is email to reach out to me, but I always res- reply to every email. And yeah, if you have questions, if you are not sure what you want to do, or you just want to figure things out, you want to figure out more about filmmaking and different ideas. I talked about social media, but of course there's other things and you're thinking, hey, I have this idea. and You just want to reach out, reach out to me. I am uh, more than willing to help out any way that I can. Oh, Jude. Thank you so much for making time for coffee today with me and the T4C community. I can't wait until someone makes the Jude Charles documentary showing (laughs) us your hero's journey and how you've achieved the success that you have. And I wish you and your fiance good health and a beautiful life together when you decide that you're going to actually tie the knot. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's definitely been fun to be able to share these stories with you and to hopefully inspire a up-and-coming filmmaker out there as well. Thanks so much for listening to this latest episode of T4C. And if you're interested in learning more about my coaching services for confused college students and recent grads, feel free to check out the Time for Coffee website under the coaching tab at time, the number four, coffee.org or text me at 202-236-5712. That's 202-236-5712. Thank you.